Stand Up for the Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up for the Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for tuning in. God bless you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys, the emails we get, um, the prayers. We can't thank you enough for the prayers, and, and we do feel them. Um, warfare increases. I know you've got it as well. If you are a Bible-believing Christian and uh, stand on the truth and let others know about it, then I know you're being attacked as well. So may God protect you and provide for all of your needs and give you favor with people and uh, divine opportunities to share the gospel. Let's open today a very important topics to discuss. Father, thank you for giving us life, and thank you for giving us health. Thank you for giving us the freedoms we enjoy, those of us who are in uh, countries where there is a constitution, where there are protections on religious freedom and expressions of our faith. We praise you for that, even though uh, we're getting a little bit of discrimination coming our way. It's nothing like through the ages and through the centuries, the persecution that our family, our brothers and sisters that are now with you, Lord, nothing that they endured. But Lord, prepare us for what is ahead. Prepare us, Lord. We have no fear. We have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. We thank you, God, for giving us everything we need for life and for godliness. We praise you that we can know the truth, and that truth has set us free. We thank you that Jesus is the cornerstone, the foundation of our faith, and your word, O God in heaven, is true. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that you've sent to us, given us, each individual, to empower us to do the work that you've called us to do one day at a time. I thank you for everyone who's listening, for every individual. Lord, bless them right now, spirit, soul, and body, and remind them of their purpose, and they are here for such a time as this, regardless of what's going on all around us in our country, in our culture, and around the world. We praise you. We thank you for your majesty. We thank you for your sovereignty and for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will able to, you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And then, toward the end of that same chapter, Romans 12, do not repay anyone evil for evil, Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And then in verse 21, the final verse of Romans chapter 12, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So let's start with some good news today. I believe we've got Jelaine Appling on the line from Wisconsin Family Council and Wisconsin Family Action, and we're going to catch up on a lot of things today. Jelaine, welcome back to Stand Up for the Truth. Well, good morning, gentlemen. Good to be back with you. Yes, thank you so much for connecting this morning. Um, let's start with some good news. Um, we've been wanting to talk about this. Uh, Liberty Council, um, they won a huge case. It's settled as of last Friday, millions uh, we're talking about $10.3 million in this settlement going to health care workers who were fired for refusing to take the injection, uh, the vaccine. Just they won a major case, and this is the first of its kind in the nation, a class-wide lawsuit on behalf of 500 health care workers. Liberty Council settled the suit on behalf of uh, Illinois health care workers that were unlawfully discriminated against. And forced to take the vaccine or else, and then, of course, denied religious exemptions. And, uh, Jelena, this is a huge case. Uh, I would just love to hear your thoughts on it. I mean, Liberty Council does some wonderful work, and they've been settling some pretty big cases lately. Well, yes, David, and there are a lot of big cases that need to be settled, right? Yes, yes. Uh, We've had a trouncing on our religious freedom and our medical freedoms now for, what, over two years. So, 
Uh, this this case arose out of a federal court there in Illinois is is big, and the reverberations of it from it will be you know it'll be kind of like the shot heard around the world, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know excuse the pun on the word shot, but, yeah. <laughs> um, or the non shot, yeah. non jab, but no, I, 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 it will be interesting to watch mm-hmm. what other healthcare providers, especially in these large systems, which is what this system was there in Illinois. Um, what they do in light of this, $10.3 million uh, is not, you know, it, that's serious money, obviously, for any entity to have to come up with that. Now, if you read that article, and I'm sure you did, David, mm-hmm. saw that they're paying down 30000 and then they've got to put the rest of it in within, I think, 35 days or something like that of, of signing off on the deal. So, um, but uh, true story. True story. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm at Mayo right now. I'm, I mean, I'm not physically at Mayo, but I was at Mayo on Tuesday, by the way. Mm-hmm. And you talk about a large healthcare system. Wow. Well, not too long ago, they laid off or fired 700 employees who had not bowed the knee to their mandate on the vaccine. Wow. And so um, the first time I saw the, the ramifications of that, I went for a, a blood draw and an actual MD did the blood draw. MDs don't do blood draws at Mayo, I assure you. Yeah. Okay? Uh, and so it's going to be fascinating to see what the world's most famous clinic, for instance, does in light of the settlement. Mm. Be- because every healthcare system that denied their employees their religious freedom, are they're going to have to grapple with it. Yes. Be- because, they, David, let's talk about what, what the settlement means. Yeah, sure. In the minute that I did on this, I, I wanted people to understand this was not a court decision. So it doesn't have the weight of a court decision. But what it does is it sends a powerful message to all of these healthcare providers that number one, if you get a suit filed against you, and I'm sure there are many of those suits filed against these healthcare providers, mm-hmm. you are not going to win. This was, a, and as Matt Staver points out, this was a Title VII lawsuit, and and that ties in with all kinds of, of federal laws and you know regulations and all of that. And I'm sure most of these lawsuits are filed under that same kind of Title VII program. That, it means you're going to lose, right? If if you're the healthcare provider, mm-hmm. so you've got to believe that these healthcare providers are going to be looking for a way to make this right for those employees that they either laid off or fu- actually fired. Now, if you read the fine print on, on what came out on that settlement, out of that 500 and some odd um, employees that had not taken the vaccine and had been told, you know, if you don't do it, you're going to lose your job mm-hmm. or you could lose your job, about half, about a third, a, a little over a third of them, as I remember the numbers, had actually said, okay, 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 fine, I'll do it, right? I mean, they'd already given in. Yeah. Because they didn't want to lose their job. No no one should be forced exactly. to either lose your job or to have to sacrifice your medical freedom or your religious freedom. So this, this is big. This is really big. And I'm glad you put this at the top of the show as good news. Yes. This is great news. Yeah, it's a huge case. It's historic. Um, and as we said, we hope there are a lot more to come where, where this case uh, settled. And, where it, uh, and it's interesting that... Julian, it came down to 13 healthcare workers. Those are the ones who brought the suit on behalf yep. of the rest. And, and, um, it's interesting that they're going to get a little bit more in a payment of over $20,000 each for, th- for their role in bringing the lawsuit, from what I understand. Well, yes. And even though it was a class action lawsuit, <clears throat> excuse me, you have to have pl- uh, plaintiffs who are willing to say, okay, I will be a named plaintiff on behalf of all the other people that I am representing who were in a similar situation um, as I was. I, when I first was looking at going into law, and I'm not an, not an attorney. I, you know, I, I work for lawyers and probably know enough to be very, very dangerous at this point, David. But, mm-hmm. And I work with lawyers every day now. But, um, but I was involved with in, in the law firm I was working in with the class action suit. And, and the people who were willing to be the named parties they deserve some extra because they're the ones whose names are out there. They're the ones who who spent the time and the energy to make all of this happen on behalf of everyone else. So yes. I think it's great that they get a little bit of, of extra money there. Mm-hmm. I do, too. 
Um, I want to quote Matt Staver, founder and uh, chairman of Liberty Council. He said this settlement should be a wake-up call to every employer that did not accommodate or exempt employees who opposed the Charlie Victor David 10 plus 9er shots. For religious reasons, let this be a warning to employers that violated Title VII. It is especially significant and gratifying that this first class-wide Charlie Victor David 10 plus 9er settlement protects health care workers, end quote. Now, I said, said what, but we have to do it because we are <laughs> being censored and suppressed. So um, good news. So we're going to put this in the podcast blog at standupforthetruth.com. We encourage you to share it. Already Harbinger's Daily picked it up. A lot of good sources are picking it up and just trying to get it out there. But the major news media outlets, it's not convenient to the global uh, leftist narrative uh, that this is good news in this case was settled in the way it was. So that's not good news to them. So they are not going to report on it generally. Julian, before we get going, uh, I do want to get a little update on Wisconsin Family Council offices since the attack a few months ago after Roe v. Wade or the actually leading up to the decision. But, but you are, you are, you were at Mayo Clinic. Were you there for treatment and how's your health? Oh, I was there for my three month checkup and. Okay. You know, praise God, David. I, I don't know if you've ever been to Mayo, but um, going there is a profoundly, almost emotional experience because you know that the people are th- that are there, by and large, I have serious illnesses or unique illnesses, and um, the 10th floor of the main Mayo building called the Gonda building, now where I go, the 10th floor is on- it's all cancer. And when I get up there to that 10th floor after I've had my lap drawn, I've done my MRI, and I look around that room, I am profoundly grateful for mm-hmm. the health I have, let mm-hmm. me tell you. So um, the, um, the fellow, because I don't, you know, it's, it's so big, they, they use fellows rather than their, their big doctors, you know, um, who get you started, and then you go to the fellow. But he said, you know what, I've been seeing you because I had a change in fellows um, in the first of the year. So I've seen this guy since January, January, April, and now. He said in seven months, the MRI reports no change. Mm, praise stable. God. Stable. You know, David, I'll take stable any day yes. of the week. On a, Now, th- just to make sure everybody knows, this cancer is, it's rare, but it's not lethal. Mm, praise and God. it'll, it, you know, probably will take surgery. It's like crabgrass probably takes surgery to get out of there. And we're not at the point where we think we should do surgery at this point, but he said, you know, um, you're doing things right now at your age where people half your age aren't doing. And wow. later we were talking about that. The reason he said that, I think, is that his world is consumed with people who are so ill. You know, they're, 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 they're caught. They're, they're in a cancer that is just terrible to fight. And I come in and I'm able to walk. I'm able to bike. I'm able to run. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I can do. So, so thank you. Thank you for the prayers. Um, I'll go back now in four months. We just have to keep monitoring it and make sure that we take preemptive action as necessary. So I'm I'm incredibly grateful for uh, that report and for God's people praying. Um, Well, thank you, Julaine. We we need you out there. We need you healthy, and we need you protected um, by the Lord. And we thank you. We're just so thankful to start off with a lot of good news in the first part of this podcast (laughs) because we're going to get into the muck and mire and the junk a craziness of what's going on, including um, the LGBTQIA plus the alphabet soup in uh, the public schools and things like that. We've got article on the school lunch scandal that uh, Jim Daly at Focus on the Family put out, uh, citing a poll that uh, the left is really out of touch with most Americans when it comes to these things, and also um, that uh, the government uh, Americans want the government to stop pushing this radical gender ideology. We've got polls that support that. We also are going to talk about the Wisconsin primary coming up August 9, and we also need to talk about, I love Ron Johnson, but I'm wondering where he's at on this uh, Democrat-sponsored so-called Respect for Marriage Act. But before we get to these topics, Julaine, your offices were attacked uh, several months ago, uh, last time we talked to you, I think you could still smell the smoke. They were doing work in the office next to you. And just give us an update on how the progress there of, uh, of cleaning up the offices, getting back to some semblance of normality, and have there been any other threats or attacks against you or your offices? Oh, yeah, thanks, David. Um, you know, that's the question we get often. How are things going? Well, 
I'm still not back in my office. The office is completely gutted right now. Uh, carpets out, ceiling tiles are out, walls have been scrubbed. Mm-hmm. Um, the wall that was uh, attacked and, and fire set and the Molotov cocktails thrown through the windows. The windows have finally been replaced. I think they got we got those in about ten weeks after the after the bombing, uh, the fire bombing, and the uh, crew came in and did the what they call I, I guess they called it you know they did demolition to clean up that wall to get it ready for repair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and believe it or not, one of the problems we've had, David, is finding somebody who has the bandwidth to come in and do the repair. Wow, because people are so short staffed. So last week we talked to two contractors. And uh, here it is Thursday, and to the best of my knowledge, I still don't have a quote from either one of them. So until we get all that done, um, what we're doing behind the scenes is beginning to replace books that have that were ruined in there. I've ordered new furniture because all of that was trashed. So I don't really have time right now in a very, very busy election cycle <laughs> to quote shop. But um, that should be fun, but it's turned into more of a pain wow. than anything. And I think that's part of their plan, David. I think part of the left's plan was to just keep us off balance, to to help to put me in a situation where I couldn't just laser focus on the things that really needed to that need to happen. And so, um, you know, we're beginning to make some progress. God has blessed us in so many ways, proving truly that what they meant for evil has been turned for good. So. Uh, we're we're doing okay. I'm in a borrowed office in our suite because uh, we've got a gal on a maternity leave right now. Um, by the way, she was our lead Wisconsin director, our teen leadership and worldview camp. We that that was phenomenal, David. You want mm. more good news? Yes. Over a hundred young people showed up at our camp on biblical worldview and leadership, uh, built on a government and civics platform. It came July 10th through the 15th. We had Joseph back home from. Family Research Council, who is a worldview expert, did a dynamite Ooh. job all week on on CRT and transgender issue, our identity in Christ, and just built and built and built. We had Jackie Drury from Sheboygan come and speak in the evening, Daniel Sir, who served in the Walker administration and was Lieutenant Governor Rebecca Clayfish come. We had a pastor, an African-American pastor friend of ours from uh, Kenosha come on an evening. And then we had a Christian businessman come and talk to the, to the teens. Charlie Kirk came, um, you know, and, and we took him to the Capitol twice for public, once for public hearings. And then on the floor of the assembly on Friday, they did speeches. They defended real Wisconsin bills or opposed them. It was just an amazing week. We had a number of young people saved and others recommit their lives to the Lord. So talk about good news, yes. David. There's some good news for you. Yes. Young people wanting that kind of oh, thing. Wow. And my goodness, <laughs> do they ever need it. They're they bombarded by so much that it opposes the biblical worldview today. In every aspect of culture, media, uh, big tech, uh, you know, government, Hollywood, and, and their peer group. So uh, Christian kids need it. So, Jelaine, we've just got two minutes left in this segment. Um, I just want to just mention a couple other things going back to that good news on the um, healthcare workers winning that lawsuit thanks to Liberty Council. It's ironic that even in the midst of that news, the FDA said late last week the Biden administration is plowing forward, planning to launch a Charlie Victor David 10 plus 9 or booster shot campaign next month, September. And of course, Moderna and Pfizer plan to start clinical trials. And this all comes a week after a proudly... Um, a jabbed and boosted president came out of isolation after testing positive for Charlie Victor David 10 plus niner. So it's interesting that, that they continue to push this. The only solution, face masks, uh, um, isolation, uh, social distancing, get shots, get boosters. And it's vi- really amazing that uh, more people are not waking up. And I just want to let you just take a minute in this last minute and just share if you have any thoughts on this, this, these odd combinations of the happenings. Well, I, to be honest with you, David, I don't understand this. The only thing I'll say is that the timing is always suspicious, right? We're headed into yes. major midterm elections. Yes. And, and I think that's part of it. I think that part of their calculation is it's to keep people confused, you know, upset. Um, I just saw numbers about, you know, I'm, I, I, I think you said Charlie, Victor, David, 10 plus 9, right? <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> numbers in Wisconsin. In Wisconsin, and I think part of the reason, I mean, they're going, they were up, and, you know, they're kind of crested, apparently, and going down. I, I think they keep posting that kind of thing, and keep hearing these mixed messages on boosters and 
the vaccines and a new push, and, and yet you have the president who's gone through this twice now. I think that's all a calculation yes. to keep us upset, concerned, um, if at all possible, looking at isolation and all the rest of it, because they don't want us where we need to be, which is in the polls. Yes, and that's coming up. The Wisconsin primary is days away. Midterms are coming up in November. And remember, friends, it's August already. We're thinking back to school and fall and everything else. We've got a lot more with Jelaine Appling, including a new poll released this week showing two-thirds of Americans oppose changes by the U.S. Department of Education. More on that in just a minute on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth. With David Fiorazzo. Our guest today, Jelaine Appling, president of Wisconsin Family Council, Wisconsin Family Action. We encourage you to look them up and uh, to support them, especially with prayer. Um, we're going to get to, I, I want to ask Jelaine uh, if she has any inside information on, uh, we, I love Ron Johnson and think he's done a wonderful job. He's tried to hold government accountable. He's tried to, uh, um, drain the swamp a little bit and he's really, uh, spoken up for conservative issues and values, but I'm a little confused on his response, at least initially, to the Democrat-sponsored Respect for Marriage Act, which does, which disrespects biblical marriage. Um, so I'm going to get your response in a minute, Jelaine, but let's go to, back to this poll that's very important that was released last week showing that nearly two-thirds of Americans oppose changes by the U.S. Department of Education, the DOE, to the definition of sex under Title IX, that's the 1972 federal law that opened up equal education opportunities for women. But now they're covering transgenderism and homosexuality in this, and the public seems to be uh, disapproving of what the Biden administration is pushing. I'd just love to get your thoughts and whatever you'd like to share on this. You crack me up, David, the O'Biden administration. Yeah, well, that's truth be told, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who's running the show? It's, it's, not, it's not the man in the suit in the Oval Office, that's for sure. No, um, no. But, but look, this is not, this shouldn't surprise any of us. Um, people voted for Biden because he seemed nice, I think, nicer than the alternative, <laughs> right? And they didn't, I, I don't think they banked on how liberal his administration was going to be mm-hmm. uh, because he he as he said as you said he's the empty suit and he's being controlled mm-hmm. and so he's being told oh, you're going to appoint this person and that person and these, this person's going to be your, in your administration and as a result of that we've gotten very very liberal um policies and regulations and executive orders and you know everything they are out of step with mainstream america yes mainstream america understands you know, a couple basic things, you know, like the farmer said, you know, I, I may not be very smart, but I know it takes a bull and a cow, you know, to to have new babies here. And, and, and we understand that everything really truly breaks down to binary, male and female, right? Well, we thought and, so. And the average American gets, well, the average American yes. gets that. Yes, yes. But when you get, sur- when you're surrounded by people who live in an alternate reality, and that's what it is. It's an alternate reality, man-made, man, uh, man-constructed in our own image. It's raw humanism. I'm the God. There is no God outside of myself. I determine all right, all wrong. Um, th- this is what you get. And they're, they're in that proverbial bubble. And, yes, mainstream America is, is right now um, concerned that boys are being allowed to play girls' sports and cheating girls out of opportunities for scholarships mm-hmm. and championships and, and to excel in, in their, their given athletic pursuit. They're concerned that boys are in the girls' restrooms. They're concerned that drag queens are showing up in public libraries for story hours or in, like they did in my city last weekend in a public park with, yep. a, with a, quote, drag queen show. Yep. They, they get this. And let's The just, Biden administration is tone deaf. Yes, let's just emphasize the fact, Julian, in this poll – 71% of Americans oppose biological males competing in women's sports, for example. And we can just go on and on to some of these things. 61% favor requiring parental consent prior to school counseling about gender dysphoria. And I'll just let you respond to that because that's huge as well. 
Well, well it, they, they are. Look, here's what we know about gender dysphoria, right? Anywhere, and I, I heard Ron DeSantis use the percentage of 80%. I think that's really low, but God bless him for his outspoken yes. um, concern for the well-being of, of children. But if, if left alone, young people experiencing gender dysphoria or gender confusion, right, not being able to align their emotions with their biological sex is what that's all about. If, if they're left alone, we think the numbers we see are somewhere between 85 and 95 percent of those young people will naturally resolve it, given time and not given intervention. That is, that is forcing them to, to make those decisions, right? Uh, so when, when, the, when our school counselors and the media and, uh, you know, even professional counselors are pushing young people down this, down this path, that, you know, there is no, there is no exclusive male, there is no exclusive female, you can be anything you want at any point in between. And what do they identify now? Over 50 different, quote, genders, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that is a travesty and a tragedy because it, it essentially becomes child abuse. The average American gets the reality. Yep. That's what these numbers are showing. They understand and they don't want, they don't want children abuse. And, and David, I just want to say this. And, I hope it comes across right, but look, the last safe place that I'm seeing right now is with children. But even that is being violated now. Mm-hmm. It was for a long, long time. You know, anybody talked about NAMBLA, North American Man-Boy yep. Love Association? Yes. People blanched, yep. you know, lowering the age of consent for sex and all of that. People blanched because children were protected. But we're even losing that now. Yes, we sure are. Because these the schools and everything are are encroaching on this and as young as kindergarten and probably pre-k since that's now becoming you know the the most coveted thing and by the way i'm hearing about schools offering 3k 3k hmm. right so that they can start indoctrination hmm. even earlier but people get this it's not right it's not healthy Mm-mm. i want to mention one other stat in this poll and before i do that i want to quote matt walsh um, and you got to watch that documentary if you haven't seen it, friends. <laughs> what is a woman? Uh, go to the Daily Wire and look at what is a woman documentary. Watch it is, is fascinating. It's not what you think it is. He doesn't go out with a gotcha. He just goes out really seeking information and just letting them kind of hang themselves with their own words. And they don't even want to talk about truth and reality. Those words were actually offensive to one college professor who who was gay, but he didn't even want to. He thought that Matt Walsh was using the word truth or reality as a weapon. He weaponized truth. I'm, I'm thinking, wow, this is how far we've come, and this is in college. So Matt Walsh said there should be a camera in every classroom, and every parent should be able to access the footage whenever they want to find out exactly what teachers are doing and saying to their kids. And so one of the things in this poll, almost 70% favor allowing parents to opt out of their children's participation in sex education classes because you know that word education doesn't belong in that sentence when the schools are talking about sex education and what they're teaching. I've exposed so much of this over at one of my other, I collaborate with Freedom Project Media, freedomproject.com. Please check that out. And uh, Dr. Duke Pesta, Katie Petrick, and Alex Newman, and so many others talk about what's going on in specifics. They get a lot of information from the university level to K through 12. What's going on in the classrooms will shock most people who are not informed. But, Julaine, that's a good sign that almost 70% think the parents should be able to opt out because they know what they are now allowing or, in quotes, teaching is certainly not healthy, and it's they're doing it at younger and younger ages. Well, absolutely. And really what we should have on sex ed across the board is opt in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we've, we've lobbied for that for years here in Wisconsin. We should have an opt in. And by the way, in Wisconsin, no school district is forced to have a sex ed program. It is completely voluntary for any school district that does it. Wow. Now that's not true across the country, but, mm-hmm. and a lot of people, by the way, in Wisconsin don't even know that. But, but, um, here's the reality. Um, Charlie Victor. David, David one niner. Or a 10 plus 9 or 10 plus 9 or 9 or okay. 
<laughs> drew the curtain back, yes, right, and exposed the wizard. Yep. And what they found out was the wizard was up to no good. Mm. He wasn't just blandly running, you know, pushing levers and buttons. He was indoctrinating and exposing young people to ideas and um, graphic images and yes. pushing an agenda that that bothered parents. <clears throat> And, you know, because they had been they had been told that sex ed was innocuous, you know, we don't get into this and, oh, you it's no big deal. And, and oh, by the way, we know it's tough for you as parents, so we'll deal with it in school. When that curtain was pulled back and they saw and heard through the Internet, because the kids were now at home mm. and getting all of this, yeah. suddenly they realized, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Here's the reality. It's graphic. It's inappropriate. It's not age appropriate. It is, it is, it is laden with value. It is laden with an ideology and an agenda. And so they found the books in the library that corroborated that. And so no one should be surprised by that number. That's right. I'm telling you, David, if school districts would go to opt in, it would be a huge game changer because Mm. then parents, the the burden, see, right now the burden is on parents to get the information, yeah. to find the form, to sign the form, to return the form. And, and their kids are then kind of singled out, yep. right? Yeah. But if you do opt in, then the parents have, the, then the parents have to make a conscious effort to do that. And I think you would see far, far fewer people in those programs. Yes, I agree. Um, Julaine, I just, I can't get to this uh, article today. But we did an education show last Friday on critical race theory and SEL, social emotional learning. Mm -hmm. We did another education show this past Monday and went through quotes in her own words and played audio clips of the NEA president, Becky Pringle, talking to uh, delegations of teachers from around the country at a convention talking about we will say gay, we will say trans, we have been working for decades to support abortion, and they're going to keep on going. That's not the... That's not what most parents would want, but the NEA is now politicized, and it's now a very religious, but not Christian. It's very religious when it comes to humanism and other things. But at least, at least 181 K through 12 educators have been charged with child sex crimes in the first half of 2022. That does not make the headlines. We don't have time to get into that story, but at least 181. It's probably closer to 200 now, but. We, we need to talk about that another time. But this is what's happening. Younger and younger teachers who are coming in with the pink hair and the, the gender ideologies and they're, they're, you know, trying to reach younger children. There's a problem with that. And, uh, 50 years ago, 100 years ago in America, they would have been run out of town and put in prison. Oh. Put in prison. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Just real quickly, David, in response to that, look, when we send people to the secular university systems in our, in our, in our states, this is what you get. Mm-hmm. Teachers coming out of teacher education programs teach how and what they have been taught. That is just absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Unless you have the rare student who says, whoa, 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 that doesn't fit with my worldview, and and rebels against that and says, I'm going to go 180 degrees the opposite. We should not be surprised that all of this starts up the, up the educational chain yep. in, in the higher, higher education. Yes. And, and so when, when the Christians, I hope, listening to this podcast, David, will understand when you send your young people to a secular university, you are rolling the dice. Mm-hmm. I, I can't emphasize that enough. And we could go into some of the history there and how the socialists and Marxists infiltrated higher education, Columbia University, Chicago, Berkeley, California, all these New York um, in the 1930s and 40s and 50s. And it's just gone so it's just downhill from there if you're a Christian or conservative in America that believes the biblical worldview and actually true education. But I want to get to this real quick, four minutes left. The school lunch scandal, withholding food from children in order to force compliance. This is a form of child abuse, but this was the Biden administration is doing through its new guidelines for schools. I'm not making this up. We haven't talked about this a lot, Julaine. But the issue is funding for school breakfast and lunch programs for underprivileged kids. And according to new rules from the USDA, schools that receive funding, and that means some private schools too, for these programs, they now have to update their non-discrimination policies and signage to include prohibitions against discrimination based on gender identity and sexual orientation. And in practical terms, this means that public, private, and even religious schools nationwide have to 
obey the Biden administration's radical gender ideology or risk losing funding for school lunches. The, the students, um, a need, so many students need, and this is, this is just so wrong in, on many levels. Jelaine, your thoughts. Well, first of all, it's holding people hostage, right? Yes, yes. Um, and, and this is so typical of the federal government, especially when you have power monger, you know, ideologue, ideologues that are running, um, the country. And so, but, but David, let's talk about the genesis of this because I think people need to understand this. They, the, the Biden administration is banking on the court decision that we know as, uh, Bostock. Okay, and that was a court decision that dealt with how we were going to deal with the word sex mm. in some of these title programs, yes. right? And unfortunately, um, just a Supreme Court Justice uh, Neil Gorsuch wrote the majority opinion on this and cast one of those votes that I would say was very wrong, and he basically tipped that court in the direction and say, okay, sex can mean sexual orientation and gender identity mm. or gender expression. And that's what they're leaning on when they go down the path here. And so I, I'm sure that this is going to be a matter of a lawsuit, but it is fundamentally wrong. I have a loved one who works in, um, in the public school system and does lunch programs and breakfast programs. Wow. I am, I'm, I'm sitting in that school district right now and you better believe I'm going to do some investigation on this to see whether or not the school district that I'm in, where I served on the school board for two terms, whether or not we bowed the knee on this. Mm. This is ridiculous because w- what are they striking at? They're going to the low-income families because you have to qualify for those programs, right? Mm-hmm. You know, to get the to get the free breakfast or the you know they do a graduated fee on on that. I, I assume everybody understands that. On, you know, if you fall in this category economically, then you only pay this much. But but they're but they're actually now for the for for an administration that says, oh, we're all about the poor people. Now they're attacking the poor people. Wow. Yep. It's really sad. And this is what they're doing. And as South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem, who's been one of the voices fighting back, Ron DeSantis in Florida, um, the White House threatening to uh, take away the school lunch resources for poor and underprivileged kids. And she says not only are they coming forward with higher taxes and more spending, they're willing to hurt children. And this is who it hurts, the families that really need it and the children. We've got a lot more with Jillian Appling. We will talk politics and elections when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Today our guest, Jelaine Appling, and now we're going to jump right into what's going on in the upcoming Wisconsin primaries and the midterm elections on the way. Who are the best candidates, A, <laughs> like conservative or Christian, um, that uphold the platform of the Republican Party or at least conservative values, who are the best candidates, A, and B, something that Jelaine and I were just talking about. Unfortunately, we have to consider in reality who is best equipped to beat, for example, for governor, Tony Evers, or for other you know roles, other positions in Wisconsin. Yeah, And, and unfortunately, even as at the presidential level, senator or president, you got to look at these things. Um, so hopefully we can find the best equipped and more representative Christian or conservative values, and they are best uh, able to beat whoever they're going to run against um, uh, on the other side. So, Jelaine, let's talk about Ron Johnson and his response. And, and I don't know how old this article is. It may be a few weeks. Uh, the Dems apparently needed just 10 from the GOP to codify same-sex marriage on this so-called um, Respect for Marriage Act. And when Ron Johnson, Senator from Wisconsin, who I really love and appreciate, he was asked, he said, I see no reason to oppose it. And I would just love to hear what, what you know about that. Well, first of all, let's, let's talk about this, this, I, I call it the Disrespect for Marriage Act. Yes. All right. That's what it is. So people like Ron Johnson have been told, Oh, this bill don't, doesn't do anything. It, it, it just, you know, it just is a follow up to Obergefell, which in 20, June of 2015, of course, wrongly legalized same sex marriage and took away our state's rights, right? And set the platform for religion to be in the crosshairs for anybody who disagrees with same sex marriage. All right. And, and oh, it's just, it's, it's do nothing, you know. 
listen, anybody who buys that lie coming from the Democrats, the <laughs> liberal group, yeah. that, that any bill that they introduce is innocent, innocuous, won't do anything. What have you been drinking? What have you been smoking? The Democrats don't do that. What they do is put a very bad bill out there, tell you it won't do anything. And then you buy the lie and cast that vote, and oh, yeah, oh, wow, all of a sudden I realized, oh, he was much more powerful than I thought. This disrespect for marriage bill is exactly that. It takes away the right of a state to make determinations. For instance, what if we don't want polygamy or polyamory marriages here in Wisconsin or any other state in the country? Mm. Well, it, and according to that law, if one state did it, basically under the full faith and credit uh, uh, proposed, uh, condition in our U.S. Constitution, then every state would have to have it. Hmm. Any, and, and organizations like yours, David, your radio station, Lakeshore yeah. Communications, yeah. and ours, Wisconsin Family Council Nexus, if we came out and had a bold statement about um, our belief on marriage that it did not include same-sex marriage or any other iteration, then we could lose our tax exempt status. We could lose our 501c3 status. No, look, I've always said I'm willing to lose that if I if it have to do it on principle, and I hope every church in America is willing to do it too. Mm. But but it's laden, it's laden with that kind of thing. It just sets up religious freedom in the crosshairs. It yes. takes states' rights out. So Ron Johnson comes out like that. So we do a full-on blitz saying to people, contact him, yep. call his office. Yeah. I know because we heard from lots of people. A lot of people did. I think what we're hearing from Ron Johnson now is a softer tone on this. Okay. Now, does that mean we back off? No. Um, you know, we haven't we haven't revved up the engine again, but we certainly aren't discouraging anyone from letting Senator Johnson know where what you think on this about this uh, proposal and his um, kind of um, soft, not kind of very soft statement on his support for it. Um, so I, I I think I, I think he's listening. But but we should still do a due diligence and yep. take action as concerned citizens and let him know that we want him to to re- truly respect marriage and vote no yes. on that. Look, Chuck Schumer's got to get. I, I, it's my understanding, as you said, David, he's got to get to the ten votes. But I've heard other messages coming out of, from people in Washington saying Chuck may go ahead and put this on the floor just to test the water. Hmm. So hang on, this is far from over. Yep. I want to just mention, um, not to belabor the point, but when I saw, um, and I hope Senator Ron Johnson is softening and getting more information on this and seeing how this could really um, affect the the actual uh, marriage between one man and one woman and religious freedom, as you said, but he was mentioned, unfortunately, in the same sentence, I've never seen this before, as... Susan Collins of Maine, Tom Tills of North Carolina, Senator Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, um, other GOP senators, uh, Rob Portman of Ohio. These are rhinos. Right? I mean, you could even you should they should probably not even be obviously in the Republican Party, but in this they were elected in the states that they're in. But Ron Johnson mentioned in the same sentence with these, it's unheard of. So I'm hoping that people got through to him, and you guys can can still try to. Uh, contact Senator Ron Johnson if you are in Wisconsin, and because you know what side uh, of the issue that Tammy Baldwin falls on. So, uh, Julian, yeah, we we've got to keep it up, and you've got information by the way on election election central at wisconsinfamilyaction.org. Tell us a little bit about how pe- what people need to access for info. Well, first of all, wifamilyaction.org, and then click on the election central. The one thing I would say about <clears throat> about this, and, and by the way. Um, this would be true for people listening from many other states, too. Uh, there's an iVoter guide. Uh, there's an online voter guide that is for conservatives yes. that I, I think people might find help, helpful. It's iVoterGuide.com, and then you can put your address in, or you can just get all of the of the um, elections in your state, all of the candidates and races in your state. Uh, we find it very helpful. It rates candidates from uh, ultra li- or from a verified liberal to verified conservative, and a lot of points in between. Gives objective information about that. There is a questionnaire that candidates could have filled out. Some do, many, many don't. They don't like to go on the record on these on these questionnaires anymore, David. They avoid them like the plague Jeez. because then people have a means to hold them accountable. Mm, so, that's interesting. But that isn't that sad. It Terribly is. Terribly sad. 
but it is a it is a good reference um, a way for for people to get a handle on who's on the ballot and what they stand for and how how they might be rated. So, um, it, but it's it's very very important that we steward our vote. Yes, right. I get one vote. It's part of my earthly citizenship, which I think is a reflection of my heavenly citizenship. Yes, um, that that's part of my job. And so, you know, we've got, look, these are important midterm elections. Wisconsin's primary is next Tuesday, the 9th of August. Arizona just had theirs this past Tuesday. number of states just had their um, fall primary, partisan primaries uh, this week. So it's important that we know who is on their ballot, what they stand for, and we cast a knowledgeable and and responsible, and I would add prayerful uh, vote, Hmm. voting blindly is insanely dangerous. Yes. Insanely dangerous. Yes. So we're, we're trying to help people to understand, by the way, just for Wisconsin voters, early in-person voting ends tomorrow in most municipalities. Mm-hmm. It will end at the close of business on Friday before the election. And if you are holding an absentee ballot, you need to get that thing in the mail immediately or better, better is to take that absentee ballot down to the clerk's office and give it to the clerk in person. I wouldn't trust the mail right now. Exactly. My comment on the mail, we're paying more and getting less. Yeah. I've always been saying, you know, we should, we shouldn't even get mail on Saturdays. They just take that day off the, but anyway, that's another, that's for another conversation. (laughs) So, uh, Jelaine, so much going on and, uh, protecting the family, protecting children, our religious freedoms, uh, upholding the constitution, which, um, has gotten a lot of hits and has been disrespected by even those in our own government who I believe swear an oath, <laughs> maybe with their hand on the Bible, to at least preserve or defend the Constitution, if not uphold it. And many of them, at least, I mean, half of our representatives in Washington aren't even doing that. Um, we've got about five or six minutes left. Uh, just I, whatever is on your website, whatever you have tackled recently, what's on your heart and what would you like to communicate, um, understanding that you're likely with our audience, you, you're talking to a lot of people outside of Wisconsin. But as far as the midterms coming up, so a lot of people have election fatigue and we haven't even got into the season yet. <laughs> well, we can't afford election fatigue. And I'll, I'll just camp on that for a little bit. David, I know that across the country there are a lot of people coming out of the 2020 election that were disgruntled, they were discouraged, they were feeling defeated, they they mm-hmm. were despondent, you yes. know, for all the D words because they knew there was fraud yep. that had taken place. Look, I think there was fraud here in Wisconsin. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Uh, but we haven't been able to get to the bottom of it for all kinds of reasons. <laughs> but yes. but the surest way to to allow the, the those who oppose us and our beliefs, David, to take over is to do nothing. So and, and and say, oh well, I won't vote because you know my vote's going to be stolen anyway, and it's all fraud. That's that's waving the white flag and saying, y'all come on in, we're just handing it over to you. I think that's part of their strategy. Now, sometimes I get accused of giving them way too much credit for their planning and execution of their strategy, but and thinking ahead. But I think that may be very well at, at high levels of all of this fraud and and planning from the liberals is. Okay, let's just fatigue the people to the point where they say, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. It is too discouraging and takes too much energy. I'm just not going to play anymore. I'm not going to vote. I'm not going to work. I'm not going to contact elected officials. I'm not going to help candidates. And we just, and we just hand it to them. Yeah. We cannot afford that. We have been given a window of opportunity. Look, if you doubt, I heard Wayne Grudem. I was in Tucson for a, a, a meeting, a business, a week of business meetings. Um, a couple of weeks ago, and Wayne Grudem did a day of devotions for us, and he said, oh. I've got 10 reasons why God, I believe God is not finished with America. And you know what led that list? The Dobbs decision. Wow. Well, wouldn't you put it up there, David? Yes, actually, you know what? I don't, I don't know that we've talked a lot about that. You, I just would love to get your thoughts. Yeah, that, that's, that's huge. And we've kind of taken it for granted because Roe v. Wade was the law for, so-called, for so many years. <laughs> well, well, yeah, but and so we get a court. First of all, let's let let's per- personalities and all the things we don't like about <laughs> Donald Trump's person aside. Yes, <laughs> you don't get a Dobbs decision without three appointments to that Supreme Court. And how unprecedented is it that a president who serves one term, four years, yeah. gets to make three appointments to the U.S. Supreme Court? Historic. By the way, if you don't believe in the sovereignty of God, explain to me. 
how Ruth Bader Ginsburg survived all those years mm-hmm. with horrible illnesses yeah. and dies in September of an election, presidential election year. Yeah. My goodness. Mm-hmm. So Trump gets a final opportunity on that. So you get those three votes. And then we get this decision coming out, you know, on June 24th that says, okay, very page one of that opinion, um, you know, the court holds that Roe and Casey are overturned. Mm-hmm. And this issue comes back to the states. So I, I think that holds out great promise. That is not the end of the pro-life fight. That is the beginning yes. of the pro-life fight. Amen. We just changed the playing field, right? Yep. We brought it right down to the state level. Had, we had Kansas, unfortunately, caught in that vortex, however, on Tuesday. Um, I think there were a lot of things that happened on that. But, but look, we have a golden opportunity to really fight for life and to make abortion unthinkable because of that court decision. I'm hopeful. I'm not despondent about that. Uh, my God is my God is uh, is supreme. He's sovereign. He's he's in control of all of this. Amen. Yeah, there's going to come a time when when nothing we do works, right? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we're we're headed to that at some point in, in in the future, but I don't know when that is. So in the meantime, I work hard and I take advantage of every opportunity, every open window I have, David, to make a difference for life for God's plan for marriage and family and for religious freedom. Those aren't just social, those are not social issues, they're biblical issues. Mm. They're the foundation of a free and prosperous society that allows the gospel to be taken around the world. Because we have middle class prosperity, because we have um, religious freedom. Um, that, that's what's enabled us to do that. So I, I get revved up about elections because this is an opportunity for us as Christians to have a direct say in who governs us, not who rules us, who governs us. We the people mean something. It still means something, and we just need to make sure that we're doing what we need to do to cast votes for people who share our value. And, and, and let me say this real quickly, David. Sure. Um, we, know, we do not live in a world where generally when we, go to the, when we look at a ballot, we see bad versus best or even bad versus good. We see at largely bad versus better. Mm. That's where we are right now. Yep. So when I steward my vote, I have to kind of look at it that way. I have to think strategically. Sometimes I vote defensively. Sometimes I get to vote offensively. Now we need to keep looking for candidates that fit in that better and best category, or excuse me, best and a good and best category. Mm. But right now we live in the land of better. And no candidate is perfect. No campaign is perfect. We need to think carefully, strategically, and tactically even about how we view these elections and our incredible opportunity to cast a vote that matters. Amen. It's a privilege and great responsibility, and they uh, whatever the government does affects us down the road. Jelaine Appling, thank you so very much. God bless you, sister. Likewise. I'm, I'm so grateful for you. Keep up the fabulous work up there. You too. Q90 you too. and beyond. Yep. Thanks, Julaine. Tomorrow, Pastor John Haller back with us. He's known for his weekly prophecy updates. He's even had to do a midweek uh, update recently. There's so much going on worldwide. Uh, we'll talk about that with John. And thank you guys again for listening. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.